Indoor cycling, Zwift, racing, parenting. We cover those and all of our hopes and dreams in between. Welcome to the Talk Dirty to Me podcast, an entertaining look into the lives of everyday people trying to achieve virtual cycling glory from our basements and garages from around the world. This podcast is rooted in Zwift and has evolved into found friendships, fitness, health, and a little sprinkle of humor. This may be one of the only podcasts where a little heavy breathing shouldn't scare you away because we're riding our bikes while we're recording it. Welcome back, everybody. We uh, may notice our trusty companion, Drew, is not here, and that's because his computer decided to hate him today. And he may pop in, but we'll see, hopefully. But we do have Jeff Hines. Jeff, how hey, are you, buddy? Good. Jeff, uh, from a couple of things, but otherwise, fine. <laughs> a couple of small things, I'm sure. Jeff uh, was gracious enough to join us today to talk about something cool, i.e. the Kona Ironman that he participated in. Was it last month? Month four. Uh, it's this month. It was on the 8th of October. Oh, see? So it feels like I'm it already, was a month ago, yeah. I'm already on to November, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm closer to my next Ironman already than that one, so it feels like it was a long time ago. And again, you know, I mentioned these things, and I'm like, the, how I know that Jeff is in a different league than me, he just mentioned he's closer to his next Ironman <laughs> as opposed to an Ironman. It's worked out that way. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, how are you, man? Good, good. A uh, couple of things off to Kona. I, had, I mean, I came back with COVID, so I'm still a little bit uh, down on that, but uh, that's cleared and I should be bouncing back pretty soon. Had a bike crash over the weekend, so recovering from that too. But hey, I did Kona. I'm not complaining. That was fun. <laughs> Never so, in my life did I think I'd make it, but uh, somehow I made it. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself, because I think when it comes to uh, people's accents, for one, yeah. uh, yours is unique. Yep. And yeah, just how you came one. to came to dirt. Yeah, so I'm actually from South Africa originally. Moved to Canada in 2016. So I've been here six years. So I'm dual citizen right now as of December last year. Oh, and, uh, yeah, thanks. And uh, you know, in Canada, you have to ride indoors. You can't ride. I, I come from riding outdoors the whole year. So this indoor riding, back in the day when I first started doing cycling and Ironman and stuff, I used to use the dumb trainer. That was long before Zwift. But I got here, and I'm like, uh, okay, so how am I going to train? So I got into, like, getting an indoor trainer, found Zwift, all this kind of stuff, like everybody else. That was in 2018, and got a bike, got a Wahoo kicker, and... Uh, Kind of started riding on Zwift and started joining group rides. And like probably everybody else, discovered about 50% of the group rides were dirt rides. I'm like, what is this dirt stuff? Like everybody else would say, oh, it's, I'm not a mountain biker. I don't ride on dirt. But anyway, let me check it out. And then I figured out, oh, that's what it is. Okay, cool. And then I started riding the same rides every week. And uh, again, like most people, Sterney contacted me and said, hey, you want to come race with us? I think he contacted me on a Thursday. I think it was about 9 a.m. And he said, we do these team time trials. And I said, what's a team time trial? 
And I think people who know me know the rest of the story, but uh, that <laughs> evening, that evening, I did my first ride for the, the my first dirt as a part of dirt for t the Rascals team, like that evening, and then I was hooked basically. And I mean, at that point I was doing the XLR on Sunday, but I think there was a, there were a couple of group rides back there, not like now. And of course the rest is history. So now I've done hundreds of TTTs and I now wear the dirt kit in the game when I do my races, all that kind of stuff. So, yep. And now for a while, if I remember correctly, you were doing like multiple TTTs a day for what seemed like months, right? Yeah, I'd say probably mostly during the pandemic, I was doing at least two a day. I did three a day for quite a few months, like every Thursday doing three of them. I uh, don't know how I did that because now that would be stupid. <laughs> I don't know how I would do that. But uh, the most I've done in one day, I think there was a, a Canada day a couple of years ago, I did six. Of course, now other people have now laugh at that. They're like, only six? But for me, that was, that was, at the time, I don't think anybody was doing more than two. So, How many did Tiago do? That one day he decided. It was 11. Was it 11? Yeah. 11 or 12. Yeah. Now, except 11. Not all of those being like full speed, obviously. No, no. <laughs> well, especially no, for me, I, I chose teams that day that were manageable, let's say. It wasn't full, full racing the whole time. Sure. But yeah, you pace yourself. I, I tried. I think I've done the most TTTs. A couple of guys are probably pretty close to catching me, but uh, I uh, generally try to at least, you know, once a week. I know that sounds silly. Hasn't, I mean, over the summer, I've been doing all these Ironman races and stuff, so I've been a bit out of it, but uh, when possible, I try to do at least one a week. And uh, most people only do one a week, so, um, yeah. I can say recently, Greg and myself have dabbled in the double like to call it yeah the back-to-back -back. the back-to-back -back. oh yeah those are yeah. much more difficult than That's just doing 5 one and 6 a.m one eastern time i think yeah yeah for well for me yeah. it's four and five but yeah 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 for me when i did the double it was mostly uh morning and evening so 5 15 and 9 30 in the evening and you know what it's damn good training to ride twice a day like that so yeah, yeah. Uh, as, I kind of created the TTT to, for my fitness. It, it is pretty effective when it comes to Because, you know, I mean, to me anyway, you seem like you push harder for other people, at least I do, than you yep. would for yourself necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, this is why I do them. I don't do workouts. I don't even know if erg, work, erg mode works on my bike. I never use it because I hate it. So for me, that was the, the perfect training for the stuff I do is – uh, TTT because it's intervals, under, unders, overs, all that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just yeah. the right length, you know, like 45, 40, 50 minutes. And then uh, combine that with a lot of zone two riding, you know, like we're doing now. And that's just my, that's how I train. Like, what's the secret? If anybody asks me, well, that's how I train for my for the bike. So, like, literally for Ironman, that's all I do. How many days do you do like hard effort? So, like Thursday, obviously. One, once a week, yeah. Just once. once a week. Just and the rest day, of the yeah. time you're in zone two? Pretty much, yeah. Group yeah. rides. Now, it's a bit different in the summer because I'm riding outside and I have this problem of I have this like, say, not bipolar, that's probably a bad thing to say, but 
in, <laughs> indoors, <laughs> indoors, I like riding with people like this and, and, uh, you know, riding in a group and that kind of thing. Outdoors, I like riding solo and, uh, doing my own thing. So when I ride outside, I ride hard. I'd struggle to do like three hours of zone two outside. I, I just, I don't know, push it a little harder when I'm riding outside. That's why Zwift is better for that kind of training. Yeah, sure. But yeah, over the winter and that sort of thing, uh, like now, once a week, I'm going to dabble in the ZRL again this year. So I'll probably just do the one TTT plus ZRL. See how that goes. More fun <laughs> yeah, than anything else, actually. The Tuesday-Thursday split's pretty good. Yeah. Many yeah. of us have been on that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I see for me it's uh it's the Tuesday Tuesday Thursday split or maybe doing the double on Thursday plus a lot of running plus a lot of swimming. Yeah, so as you say cuz you're you're not just riding. Yeah, yeah the that problem was actually is running kind of affects the bike, so yeah. Yeah. I was I was curious on the days on like the Thursdays where you're doing one or more than one TTT, are you doing bricks on those days also? Like no. Finishing on the bike, hopping off and running or something? No, not is that normally. A bike unless, um, I do this thing where I do like a daily run to build my base. I'm going to start yeah. one of those uh, next month, 15th of November, where I run. Last year was 5K every day. I did it for three months. This year I'm just doing it for one month. In that case, then, if I'm doing a TTT, then I'll hop off and run on the treadmill, yeah. But uh, yeah. For, a, for a good while I was doing, you guys know about the duathlon series. Yeah, we do the that would be on Wednesday. So Wednesday would be 35, you know, hammer the bike, 15 minute run. And then Thursday, the TTT. Also found if I was, uh, I was finding if I do like running on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then by Thursday, it just affected my TTT. So I basically switched to running only over the weekend. And then this is like later last year, I pretty much stopped running because it was like, constantly sore on the bike but i can't do that again <laughs> too many. you got to keep running keep getting injuries yeah so my claim is i do pretty well with very little training compared to some people who are training fine men and i would say probably your very little training is probably built on a base of a lot of training yeah right yes. i guess yeah maybe it just doesn't feel like training to you yeah, I'm obviously training a lot more than I used to when I did Ironman. I don't, I didn't know what I was doing back then when I started like 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, I did a few Ironmans back then, took a few years off, came back into when I started lifting here in Canada, kind of like rediscovered Ironman, got a tri bike, kind of kicked it back into action, said, uh, you know, let's get this going again, just because I enjoyed it. Uh, it's a bit of a long story, which I won't go into, but had a kind of a rough go the first time around and just quit doing Ironman. Like a bit of a mental breakdown, my last race in my first round, I had a issue with my bike. I had a hole in my tire or something like that. So I had four or five punctures in Ironman. I was just, I got Ooh. tired of it. wasn't enjoying it anymore. So yeah. I quit and focused on moving to Canada and then uh, forgot about it for a number of years and now I started up again. Now I'm on several missions with Ironman. One of them was one day to get to Kona and I basically started and said, you know, 
I want to get to Kona someday, and they've got this legacy program. The legacy program, you have to do 12 Ironmans, but after 12 Ironmans, you can kind of enter. So they kind of reward loyalty, if you want, or consistency. Sure. They say, you know, you do your 12 Ironmans, you go into like the legacy draw, and you've got a good chance of getting a Kona slot that way. And I was like, okay, I've done six Ironmans. I'll do three in 2022. I do three in 2023, that takes me to 12. And then, you know, then I'll do the legacy. Of course, life happens when you start making plans. And the first <laughs> Ironman I did this year was in Tulsa back in May. And yeah. I thought in the back of my mind, I'm like, you know, one day I'm going to race these races to try to get into Kona. But I haven't done enough training. And I was racing, I was, I discovered that Andy, Andy's from my TTT team, Andy Holland. He uh, he was also racing, and he was like training hard to get to Kona. And I saw what he was posting on Strava. I was like, okay, I can't I can't do that much training. He's he's you know he's going to make it for sure. And uh, anyway, we get to the race, and I just did my own thing. I went in. I think I went in pretty light on training, which I seem to always do. But anyway, so I go in. We we do the race and um, we end up finishing right next to each other, like within two minutes of each other. So I was like, oh, and I think we were about 11 hours. And he was like, oh, there's no way we'll get a corner slot. And I'm like, yeah, it's a long shot because we were 13th and 14th in the age group. I think we're in this year in the same age group. Next year, not. he's, he's a little older now. So, uh, so we go to the roll down on Monday and... You know, it goes, they go through the awards, they get to the roll down, and I'm like, I've never been to a Kona roll down. Because I was always like 13 and a half, 13 hour Ironman, you know. Then I got to like 12.30, and I think, well, it's a bit different nowadays, but you would never get a Kona slot on 12 and a half hours, you know, in an Ironman. You usually have to be like 10 or sub 10. So we go to the roll down, and we, didn't, we weren't really close. But a few people, like a few people, didn't take their slots. Well, I think the first four took their slots, but other age groups rolling down into the 15s, 20s, and I was like, hmm. "I'm actually not that far away from this thing, so maybe I should try and put some effort in here, and maybe next time I'll get it." And then I forgot about it, and then I got home, and my next race was uh, Muskoka 70.3. That's a local 70.3. It's two-hour drive from here. And uh, I was training for that. And I said, you know what? I'm doing the training. I just did an Ironman. Let me enter Mont Tremblant, which is like a famous Ironman in Canada here. Because I've, at the part of what I'm doing as well is I want to do every North American Ironman at least once. So that's my long-term goal. So like Wisconsin, wow. California, yeah. uh, Chattanooga, yada, yada, all of them uh, eventually. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do Mont Tremblant someday. And I was like, may as well do it this year. So I signed up for it. It was like a month, a month away. And kind of refocused my training a little bit after Muskoka, did some longer sessions. Started studying the age group, who's entered, what were the previous results, what do I need. Kind of planned it and calculated everything out. Came to the conclusion, if I can get into the top 10 for my age group, I got a good shot. 
because it's uh, I mean uh, 40 to 44 so that's the biggest group which means the most slots but it's also one of the fastest so the top three guys are like way gone they're like nine hours 10 920 whatever so I was like maybe I'll grab the fifth slot you know or the fourth slot so I figured okay top 10 will do it and uh or top 10 will give me a chance and kind of raced that thing with a strategy of getting to Kona and uh, in the end I finished seventh in my age group and I was like okay I'm in with the running go on the app off the race look at the slots there were eight slots nice so, <laughs> then I was like oh that's cool eight slots that means I don't even have to think about it but then I did start <laughs> thinking about it and I'm like kind of caught by surprise I'm like, oh, it's only a month away what am I gonna do <laughs> So I hopped on uh, our famous tri-channel on the eDirt server, asked a few guys, Ben, if anybody knows Ben, he's like Mr. Kona, came back and he said, I was like, oh, you know, back and forth with him. He's like, just take the damn slot. And <laughs> just, he was like the title <laughs> of the book. Do I, am, should I go to Kona? Just take the damn slot. Yeah. <laughs> the rest is history. So leading up to it, is this the first time you've been to Hawaii or have you been to Hawaii before? So I've never been to Hawaii, so that was fun. But I have watched Kona on live stream, online or whatever, probably for the last five years, every year, without missing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I heard about the Queen K, uh, you know, Hawaii High and Harvey and all these things and all this stuff about the race, like these mythical things. And then next thing you know, I was driving in the car and, hey, we're on Polani Drive. I heard about this place. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool, you know. So there was obviously the experience of going to Hawaii for the first time, which is freaking far from everything. It's so far away. It's insane. It, yeah, travel. especially, I mean, you're coming from what, east coast of Canada, right? Yep. And uh, because I was like uh, a month out, my biggest worry was accommodation, flights, uh, yeah. all the logistics around it. Because, you know, I knew, I always thought if I go to Kona, I'm going to need, you know, at least $10,000 just for that stuff. And need to arrive two weeks early to acclimatize and the time zones and all that stuff. And looking back now, all that stuff I worried about, it's nothing. doesn't matter. You don't need to, you don't need that much. You don't need to go that early. You can do yeah. it on much less money. It's really not as bad as I thought, but it is a long freaking way to fly. So in my yeah. case, I, I jumped online and I'm like, let me check out the flights. Accommodation is another story. I look, let me look at the flights. And uh, when I started looking from Toronto, it was cheapest flight was I think 1980. So almost $2,000. Is that and Canadian dollars or? Yeah, Canadian. Oh, okay. And it was 1500 bucks. That's great. <laughs> it was something like that, yeah. It was, I think it was Canadian. And it was two stops, two airlines stopping in Honolulu. And I was like, this is a, let me see if there's something better. And then I looked, uh, I checked what, what, what are the options from Detroit? From Detroit, yeah. it was like 1200, one stop, much shorter yeah. flights. So I drove to Detroit and flew from there. And I'm like, this is a, uh, this is a cool thing about living in North America. You can do crazy stuff like this. Because where yeah. I used to live, where I grew up, it was like one airport, and it's always an 11-hour flight to get anywhere. So that was nice. Yeah. So in the end, it worked out pretty well. I got a good flight. 
my accommodation, I stayed with people that live on the island. So I found that via Facebook because hotels are, even now, if you look for next year, it's like 700 a night. Sure. Just, so people, so people for some reason well. want to go to Hawaii. I don't know why, right? Yeah. All the it's time. Like it's well, beautiful or anything. During, during Kona, it's worse. So, yeah, I'm sure. During Ironman, I mean. Yeah. Now, specific to Hawaii, I have two questions. Did you eat spam and did you eat poi? No and no. <laughs> no and no? Oh. All right. I wouldn't. First, you're not he, was, the race he wasn't there. No. You have to he go back to Hawaii. He wasn't there for the experience, Todd. Was, spam so, is everywhere in Hawaii. I know. They serve spam at McDonald's in Hawaii. I think I saw it on some of the like Iron Man vlogs. People were doing that, but I didn't, didn't get there. No. Have you ever had spam before? No, it's like a canned, a canned ham product. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't call like, it ham specifically. But. No, it's like it's like canned bologna. Yeah, kind of. It's like a large Vienna sausage, can, right? Yeah, yeah. You could turn a Vienna right. sausage into a brick. Doesn't sound yeah, appetizing. It's saltier either. than bologna. <laughs> sure. You hey, you pair that with eggs and wrap some nori, like sushi wrap, around it. That's the one. Yeah, I saw people doing that on the videos because, uh, like, before the race, I was watching all these vlogs and seeing what people were doing, and I saw people. Doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's Probably a big thing good. in Hawaii. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. When next I say time. next time, I'm hoping next year I've got to try and qualify again. Listen, if ever there was need to have like convincing of wives to like meet up for something, and <laughs> Hawaii is the way to go. Just saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Like, honey, we're having a meetup in Hawaii. When? Right. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm telling everybody I'm now. Next next year we we're going to Hawaii next year, so start planning. You know, come, come watch or. That's right. Stay, come, come visit, whatever. And so I had a, we'll, get, uh, we'll get some dirt guys there as well. We had Adam yeah. this year, but we'll see you next year. Yeah, we were hoping to have Adam on today, but I guess Wednesdays don't really work out for him, unfortunately, due to his schedule. Uh, yeah, so did you, well, I was going to ask, did you see Adam while you were there? So my story with Adam is a little interesting. We both live in Oakville, Ontario, and we oh, didn't wow. realize this so recently. And uh, we've kind of been following each other without even trying in all these races, so half marathons. So he always show up, and I was like, hey, I didn't know you were here. So he beats me, then I beat him, then I beat, then he beats me, then I beat him. We're kind of even. We've done about six races where we showed up together. And he ended up going to Montremblant, and I saw him at Montremblant on the, on the bike and on the run multiple times. We ran together a little bit. In Kona, I didn't see him in around Kona because that place is a circus. And sure. they seem like arranged to meet someone, you're not going to see them. But uh, in the race, I saw him on the bike. I came up to him. I came past him. Because this is how we roll. He swims a little faster than me. I bike a little faster than him. And the run, he's a better runner than me, but we kind of trade places with running. So I came past him on the bike, and then I saw him on the run again. A month before that was the Barrel Man, which is like a 70.3 at Niagara Falls. And he had a great race. Like he, I, I went past him on the bike again, but on the run, he just blasted past me like it was nothing. And I was struggling that day. And then in Kona, it's the other way around. He was struggling that day. I think he got COVID like two weeks before Kona or something. So, you know, but yeah, we we're all the way in Hawaii. We were racing together and we come from the same, pretty much the same neighborhood. Pretty funny. <laughs> He's such a cool guy though. Yeah. 
so let me think here. I had a an attending and training that did Kona a couple of times. I'm sure it's probably the same, like Legacy, what you're talking about, because he'd done a ton of Ironmans. So Legacy, you can only get it once. You actually, oh, really? If he's done a couple of times, he would have qualified, yeah. Huh. Once you've got the Legacy, you go once, and that's it. Then you have to qualify again. I just remember, like, he was, like, stick thin. Yeah. Just How super was thin. He? Oh, he was probably late 40s, early 50s at that point. Yeah, so the older age groups, it's probably, I don't want to say easier, but more likely that somebody qualified. The young guys, it's really tough, yeah. Yeah. Then if he, I'm gonna, what I'm saying is, if you said he's 25, then I'm like, yeah, he's pretty much semi-pro in his right. speed that he's going in. Right. Whereas normal people like me can qualify when you, you know, get on in the years. Yeah, yeah. Greg, he's, he's normal. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're, we're screwed, buddy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, 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 everybody asks me this. I'm like, I have no athletic ability. I just train, train and race smart, not hard. I, I think that in and of itself can be an athletic ability. True, true. Because yeah. you have to have the mindset, I think. Because, you know, some people oh, yeah. just go out and smash it. And they're racing smart. Yeah. Yeah, I, honestly, the longer the race for me, the better. Like Ironman, I love doing Ironmans. I don't really like 70.3. They're okay. But anything short to like sprint triathlons, I hate them. Because I'm opposite. <laughs> I, don't like, I don't like smashing it. I like the mental aspect of it. Like the grind of doing an Ironman. I love it. You just like to pace yourself and hold it? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and manage. It's like a management exercise. You've got to manage your pace. You've got to manage your nutrition. You have to like... Uh, you know, focus on not burning your matches and stuff like that. So you'll you, see if you track, if you track me doing an Ironman in the run and watch closely, we had another guy that Max uh, did a Ironman California on Sunday. He did the same thing, smooth pacing on the run. You just evenly burn whatever you have. To me, that's like the best, you know. What do you do in your day life? Does it involve spreadsheets and management of numbers? Like, what do you do really, for your day job? A little bit, but uh, I'm a I'm called a technical solutions architect, so I do sales uh, for Cisco. I do like network network performance. It's going to ask. It's going to ask. Not Cisco, the networking stuff, or Cisco, the food supply the, company. The food, yeah. The networking stuff, yeah. I was in a small company that was acquired by Cisco, so originally a startup, now part of the big big gorilla. Cisco networks. And uh, I guess I do use spreadsheets. But it's not the only thing I do. Just, yeah, you know, it's that analytical mind that we all have. Yeah. Where you give us numbers, we'll track them. Also, like yeah. little, like, little things. So how can I improve this little thing? And how can I get the most bang for buck out of my training? You know? Yeah. Not just do more. <laughs> yes, you have to do volume, but when I do a training session, I go for a run. I'm always like, monitoring my heart rate or power or all that kind of like, is this productive or am I just doing this to do it? Pretty much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I try and avoid the junk miles. I do sometimes end up doing junk miles like everybody else, but. So here's the cyclist's question. Do you yep. enjoy swimming already? Like, did you like swimming before you started doing triathlons? Uh, 
No, to be honest with you, I hated swimming till about three <laughs> months ago. <laughs> now I love swimming. I just... Uh, what, what was the change? What, what changed? Yeah. Well, I didn't swim much during the pandemic. So last yeah. year, I actually entered Ironman Florida and I was thinking about it yesterday. Like, why didn't I do it? Could have been the travel, but I think it was because I wasn't swimming and I'm not the best swimmer. So since then, I've been doing a lot of swimming, focus training, like getting better at swimming. Is kind of my weakness and uh i'm still not fast but i got to the point with my training where it's easy now like even though my time is a little faster than it used to be but when i get out of the water i'm not like broken i'm actually pretty sure. fresh and that then means i was doing a lot more swimming over the summer a lot more open water swimming this year i swam in mexico all the ironmans i've done uh obviously kona and when you get to a point where swimming isn't hard, it's really nice to do open water swimming. When you get a nice like lake to swim in yeah. or the ocean, it's you don't you forget that it's hard. Like you don't struggle, you just kind of enjoy it. And uh, I like that part about swimming. And I guess there's also the continual like technical challenge of swimming, but uh, that to me is I don't know if I enjoy that, but I like. I like that I've made progress in swimming, so now I actually enjoy it. But yes, uh, the, the thing that I hate about swimming in a triathlon is because I'm not a good swimmer, generally in the past, I would come out of the water and see no bikes. You see my little bike standing there. <laughs> but I look at it differently now. So if that happens now, it's like, firstly, I have this weird thing of I've done, I don't know, 30 triathlons, and I often can't find my bike. Come out the water and I'm like, why am I in the wrong row? We practiced this, <laughs> but uh, anyway, so now it's, it's easier to find your bike when the rest have gone. So I've got to a point now I've gotten better at this stuff. So the last few races I've got out the water and my bike is there and there's still some other bikes. And then we get back to Kona and we'll go to Kona and it's kind of back to how it was in the past. So to give you an idea, my typical Ironman race that I do now, I'm finishing say the top 10 in my age group. In Kona, I was 495th or something. <laughs> oh, jeez. So I got out the water, and I didn't have a good swim, but it was okay. It was okay. Could have been better. I got out the water, and I'm like, where's all the bikes? <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is like it used to be. But, yeah, I'm, I'm not a good swimmer. So, yeah, to answer the question, it's a love-hate thing with swimming. If you well, keep doing it and you get better at it, it's not too bad. You're actually, I still like, enjoying it. I feel like you don't have to... You don't have to be good at swimming in order to enjoy swimming. And I feel as like long that's, as it's, that's yeah, what I've heard is just, yeah. the people that hate it are the ones that come out uh, smashed because they spend yeah. a lot of energy thinking about yeah. not dying and stuff. <laughs> and it wears you yeah. out faster. Yeah, I specifically rem remember with Montremblant now, it's, what, 3,800 meters or what is it, 2.4 miles? It's a freaking long way to swim. No matter how yeah. many times you do it, it still feels like you're swimming for a week when you're doing it. Yeah, two miles. So That's a lot. It's, it feels ridiculous, no matter how good or how fast you are. But Montremblant, I got to the end and I was like, it's done already? Uh, that's how good the swim went. And I had swam a good time. I felt easy, got on the bike, and I was, I was hammering it, which I paid for later, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have to ask this. Because, like, some guys, they get off doing the big races like that. They're just like, I don't want to look at food. I don't want to see anything. Are you one of those guys, or are you like, no, give me all the food? 
Um, you mean like after nine, man? Yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't eat afterwards. I like. I probably don't eat for about two hours after the race. Just don't feel like it. You had so much because I I hit the Red Bull pretty hard in the Ironman run. Yeah. So after a while, my body's like, stop this nonsense. <laughs> stop it. Whoa, <laughs> that's enough Gatorade. That's enough Red Bull. Just just chill. Which is weird because normally no when I'm not racing, I eat a lot. I eat more than most people I know. I'm yeah. eating all the time. Like I put my, I don't put my webcam on during my work meetings because I'm always eating. Yeah, because I'm always burning, <laughs> so I'm always eating. Except in yeah. a race. Weird. So then, when you finally feel like eating after an Ironman, what's your go-to meal? So I do this thing. I've started doing this thing of getting a, uh, I get a Hawaiian pizza. So you know the pineapple and yeah, and Canadian whatever. bacon. Not strictly, but yeah. Ham, so pineapple, ham and pineapple on pizza, pretty much. Yeah. So I do that on a, on Saturday night before the race, and I typically eat half on Saturday, half on Sunday. So I heat up the second half of the pizza. It's kind of my thing. <laughs> so we go to Hawaii, and I'm like, I stayed with these people, and I'm like, it was kind of a running joke of, I don't know how many times I made this joke. I was like, well, any pizza's good. We're in Hawaii, so because <laughs> it's Hawaiian pizza. No, but in the end, we made a pizza. But I realized with I realized with Ironman people, it's actually a pretty common thing. So it's freaking difficult to get a pizza the night before an Ironman. <laughs> it's a, quite a challenge. But yeah, that's what I'm, I do. So I'll probably finish off the pizza when I get home and typically like a, a chocolate shake or something like that. So one thing I would change about Ironman, when you're done with the race, do you know what they offer you? When you finish here. the race, you, you cross the line, the, the, they, you hit like an aid station, I know, because I volunteered at Kona at that aid station. Coke, Gatorade, Red Bull, water. It's like, come on, guys, where's the chocolate milk? You know, everybody yeah. knows chocolate milk is the right thing to have after a race. Nothing. There's no protein anywhere. I live off protein, and there's nothing. It's a shame. But yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even look at the food off the corner. I don't even know what they gave. Adam might be able to tell you. He went there. I think. I skipped. But Adam, Adam is vegan, though, right? I think so. Yeah. I think he's, I, wonder, I think he's vegan. I don't know what they, I think I saw people eating like wraps and stuff. I just couldn't look at it. I was like, uh, uh. that's funny. Um, Cause uh, pineapple on pizza is such a polarizing topic. Oh yeah. But I, I too, am a fan of pineapple on pizza. I choose sausage as yeah. my meat of choice with pineapple. Yeah. I used to do chicken, but who put like chicken, chicken on pizza? Pineapple. No, I like chicken and pineapple. Like a barbecue yeah. chicken plus pineapple. That's always yeah. That but yeah works. Pineapple's got to be there. So I think I'm going to stick to this Iron Man thing of finding a pizza the night before. So you know, it seems like it's working for Iron Man. Yeah, it's working okay. I uh, when you're telling that story, I was imagining uh, some movie about how Iron Man is like the Black Friday of Hawaiian pizza joints. <laughs> they're like, oh god, they're coming. They're preparing all year. Yeah, they they bust out all the pineapples. Yeah, yeah. When I was at Tulsa, I did the same thing. I was like looking for a place, and I think I went to a Domino's because there was Domino's where I was closest staying. And they said it's a two-hour wait. Oh, and I ended God. up like driving around a bit, and it, you know, there's a lot of stressful things about Iron Man and things that make you nervous and stuff that you have to do. So you have to try and eat as early as you can on a Saturday before the Sunday race. 
I normally eat late at night, like eight, nine o'clock. So that's what I'm used to. Now you've got to try and find something to eat at five o'clock. So it was getting on to like seven and I'm like, oh no, I need to, I need to have dinner because I've got to get through the system before the race the next day. So in the end, I had a little Caesar's pizza at Tulsa, which is like bottom of the barrel, but it worked. That's Jesse Keith's favorite pizza. Just it so yeah. 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 It worked. It was fun. Did the job. <laughs> Jeff, the next time you do an Ironman, let me know, because I love to eat at five o'clock. That's my time of choice. So. Wow. Yeah, I'll let you know. I'll, at some but point, I, everybody, I'll do an Ironman close to everybody. And as soon as I get there, like now I'm going to Florida, I kind of reach out to everybody in Florida and say, you know, come out. Let's meet up. I don't even know if, if I don't even know where there is one in Missouri. I don't think there is. Uh, what a nine What? Yeah. St. Uh, Louis doesn't I don't have know one. The area too no, they don't. That would be my how far guess. Is, to... Maybe Chattanooga. How far is that? Yeah, Chattanooga is probably five, six hours. Yeah, that's about. That's close. 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 <laughs> yeah, because most of the folks in Florida that I reached out to, yeah, that's a six-hour drive. I'm like, oh, okay, they're not going to make it. It it must be the closest one because like uh, Kelso is you know a couple hours from me south, and I think that's closest one to him too. He's yeah, he's signed up for Tulsa. He's doing Tulsa next year. Oh, you Tulsa's got to be closer on. for him. Yeah, oh, you should right. get him back on. Let him tell us we, about Tulsa. He's he's part of this podcast, whether he wants to believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. on the cast chat. He's, he's, he's been like, on sabbatical for <laughs> eight a <months>. year. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I've listened to every single one, so I know. Well, thank you for your <laughs> your allegiance. Yeah, I will say yeah. you're the first person. If we have more people listen than they do watch, I don't probably because they don't want to see us. But uh, if you aren't watching, Jeff has a wonderful background. He is actually riding in yeah. Hawaii right now. Yeah. So I woke up early for this. <laughs> he flew there last night. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other thing. That's a weird time difference because it's six hours, six hours uh, behind. So you like yeah. contact family and friends back home. And everybody's sleeping. It's like what? What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, six hours. I forgot about this. Right. Because I used to. I when I originally moved to Canada, some my family was still back in South Africa, so I used to deal with it all the time. And I forgot about that. You know, till I was in Hawaii. I've never gone that far west. I always, I've been east before. A little bit east and a little bit west, but not that far west. It was very weird. All, fun, so, all part of the experience. Did you have time to do anything outside of Ironman stuff? Or, I know you said you were there for like six uh, days. Not really, because it's kind of a weird schedule. Like you, Because there's two races now in Kona, there's a race on Thursday and a race on Saturday. You have to do your check-in on like the Tuesday. Normally I only show up on the Thursday for an Ironman. In this case, I showed up on the Monday late, late in the evening, Tuesday, went and did my check, check in, expert, all that stuff. And then they start closing stuff. So like Thursday, it's a race day. So you're either going to watch the race or you're going to volunteer, which is what I did. And then Friday is the bike check and then Saturday is the race. So basically that gives you Tuesday and Wednesday to do a practice swim, which I I did as many practice swims as I could. I think I did three. And then uh, practice right on the bike. So in between these things and, you know, moving around and stuff, there isn't a lot of time. I didn't get to do much. We were going to, well, they, they did, the people I stayed with were going to do like a tour on the Sunday, but that never really panned out. And I'm pretty glad because I was 
kind of tired. Yeah. (laughs) And then you flew back uh, Monday. Monday, yeah. 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 Got home at like 1 a.m. or something and then back at work the next morning. And guess what? I'm doing that next week again. So (laughs) Another one? Because I minimize my leave. So my days off, I take the absolute minimum because I know I've got four Ironmans a year plus all this other stuff. So I can't, I have to be pretty judicious about my, my days off. Sure. So that's why I sort of stay too long in Hawaii. And of course, the longer you stay in Hawaii, the more it costs. So this was kind of a recon trip to figure it out also because it was last minute, but next yeah. time I think I'll stay maybe 10 days or something. Just got to figure out the training on the Island. That kind of thing. I think 12 days is like the perfect number for yeah. days yeah. in Hawaii. So you have two travel days, you're off two weeks the whole time. Yep. So you travel one day, travel one day back, 12 days there. It's yep, a way to do it. it. So this, this was a, uh, you know, first time just focusing on Ironman, focusing on, on Kona, not so much the vacation side of it. Hawaii. Sure. Yeah. It's just such an amazing place. Oh yeah. It's so weird because I, you know, message people back home, like this place is so weird because it feels like just any other U.S. state that yeah. you're in. Everything's there. I'm like, right. I could live here. There's no, you know, this doesn't feel like, like a remote island in the middle of freaking nowhere. You look on the map, where am I? And you see, I'm like a little dot in the ocean. Yeah. Meanwhile, you know, there's cars there and there's, you know, the usual stores and you could pretty much live there and you wouldn't know the difference, you know? Yeah. It's awesome. And Until the weather's it came time to fly off the island. Oh yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. yeah. Or you, or you want to get something off Amazon? It's like, yeah, this ain't coming tomorrow. You know. <laughs> but I found the weather was weird too. It's kind of like a, well, I, I mean, I'm sure you know, like the Big Island is basically peak. So yep. the higher up you go, the weirder the weather gets. Down at, down, and everybody's like, uh, you know, it's super hot, and you're going to be cooking the whole time, and scare the hell out of you with the heat thing so i did a ton of heat training so probably too much i'm like way heat adapted now for me it didn't feel hot at all because i just used to it by now and i did all the precautions took all the water and ice and everything so i didn't find it hot at all but i know it is it's like 100 degrees so or 37 plus uh celsius anyway so I, you hear about all this and you think this place is like gonna be like living on the sun and then I stay in my accommodation and I come outside and it's raining and it's like, I don't know, 75, 23 and it's cool. And it's like kind of gloomy. And I said to these guys, what's, what's going on here? Cause I remember before I went, I looked at the weather forecast and it said it would be raining every day. And I'm oh, like, yeah. I've been watching Kona for years. It's never rained. There's never even a threat of rain. What the heck is this? But the weather station was higher up, I guess. So it's well, very it rains- misleading. It rains somewhere in Hawaii every day for like exactly. 30 minutes yeah. and then stops. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it's like rain, it's, it, but it's, there's parts of Hawaii that are always getting rain. Yep. But down in, on the race course, no, no, there's no rain, there's no clouds, nothing. It's like a cauldron, basically. But it's funny, too, because like, like you said, most of the islands, obviously they're volcanic islands, so they're peaks. So one yeah. side of the island is going to be super lush and green. The other side is going to be like desert almost. Yeah. And now at the moment, there's an, uh, a volcano that's actually kind of waking up Mauna Loa. So there's a chance of an eruption. They say it's still pretty low, but 
That's why, yeah. I, for a lot of reasons, I was like, I've got to do Kona before, you know, who knows next year. <laughs> next year I might sure. not be able to, or might be sick, might be busy, might whatever, might not be in shape, whatever. So yeah. I said, I've got to do it while I can, while I, I'm able to. And I saw somebody say, you know, you never know, next year there could be an eruption and it could go, it could flow over the race course and then they'll have to move it. So that's kind of scary too. Apparently they only have like a few hours to get out of there. If, uh, yeah. If, if something does down. happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's scary stuff. Yeah. But there was the, nothing the, while we were there. Like the day I got back, I think the next day there was an earthquake. Yeah. Like the, the, uh, experience of like seeing volcanoes and being around volcanoes is not something normally you're <laughs> exposed to you know i wanted to but apparently asked about it i was like i want to see the lava flowing and what kind of thing and they said no you actually have to go you need like a special vehicle or something and you have to go into the volcano so it's a big deal and you know it's not easy to arrange i figured like i jump in my car drive an hour and i'll see it but it's not quite that simple so, you used to be able to do yeah. that back in the 90s. Yeah. My parents went when I was a kid, and they uh, hopped all the ropes and got close to the flow, which is highly illegal and very dangerous. But I was going to say, I wouldn't, wouldn't put that under used to be able to do if they <laughs> broke all the rules to get there. Right. Uh, <laughs> let me say, it's, it was easier to attain. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, because they that have would be a good know, like, story to tell. Lava tubes, which is basically the underground flow of liquid hot magma, that the crust can be very thin and yeah, you fall but, through that, and yeah, you're dead. Yeah, you don't. I mean, you don't see the the lava, but you do see the volcanic rock freaking everywhere. Did you look at night though? You can see the top of the island. You can see the glow, the orange glow. If there's like clouds at the top, it's pretty neat. Uh, I saw a little bit of that, but there was. It feels like there was always clouds on top of the island, like thick clouds. I couldn't really see the peak. Yeah. So it was kind of weird. And you kind of have to be in a place that didn't have a whole lot of ambient light too, because ambient light will kill it. And that's a weird, there's so many weird things about Hawaii, like how dark it is at night. The first night I got there, got out the car and I'm like, man, I can't even see anything. There's no street lights. It's, it's like, yeah. it's like a cave. It's so weird. Yeah. It's, and, uh, uh, the, the sunset is awesome there as well. Oh yeah. Beautiful. The astronomers of the world are very strong in the uh, Hawaiian streetlight lobby. <laughs> I, had a, I had an astronomy professor in Arizona, which is also very big for astronomy, because of uh, clear skies at night. And he said, oh, Hawaii is like the Mecca. That's where we all go. There's no streetlights. It's in the middle of nothing. And most nights, the skies are very clear. So they push yeah, very the hard to no light at night. On the Thursday race, which was the ladies and some of the men's age groups, like the younger one, youngest and the oldest age groups, we were driving in to volunteer and we were driving in the Queen K towards transition. And it was at sunset and you could see people running and the sun was going down. And I was like, that would be pretty awesome coming back in and seeing the sunset. Oh yeah. But then yeah. I did some calculations and I'm like, wait, that's a little bit, uh, that's a little bit later than I want to come in. So, but anyway, <laughs> yeah. it turns out on Saturday it was overcast anyway. I wouldn't have seen the sun. So, it's all fun. nah. So I have this thing of trying to finish an Ironman in, before it gets dark. It's getting a bit tough now this time of year. So I'm going to have to really go fast next week. So, 
So, yeah, you said, what's your next one? Florida, Florida, Panama City Beach. Nick said PCB. That. All right. PCB. The panhandle PCB. itself. Yep. PCB so, was a, a very big uh, senior trip destination for those yeah. of us here in Missouri. So that, uh, never been there. Part of my unmanned journey. Let's check it out. We'll see. Is that your is that your last one for the year? Or weather yeah, so far. Them? That's the last one. There's a couple others, but uh, they're all pretty close together. I think Chattanooga's is it still coming? I'm not sure. Um, and there's Wisconsin, I think. But yeah, for me, I decided already this year I'm gonna. I was always gonna finish in Florida. So the thing is, I signed up for Tulsa. Then I had Montreal, as I explained, but I always had Florida on the calendar because I signed up for Florida in 2020, deferred it, deferred it, deferred it with a pandemic. So it's now, I've got to do it now. Can't defer it again. So um, I didn't know I was doing Kona. So in, in the end, I um, ended up doing four this year with Florida. So I figured, okay, I can do four. So I'm going to do four next year again, or at least three. But next year, I want to end the season at Kona. And if I don't get to Kona, then, because I'll know pretty early, then I'll probably sign up for one of the later ones, like maybe California, Maryland or something. Not Maryland. That's a little earlier. But uh, so far, I've only signed up for Lake Placid next year. And the plan is to do Texas as well. So if you, if we keep doing this, you speak to me uh, every year. It'll always be a different list of three or four Ironmans. And whatever ones I do, I've got to try to get to Kona. So... Do you, do you have a map that you're like crossing them off? <laughs> I should. Yeah. Yeah. I should. There's kind of, I kind of go through the list and go, okay, I've done that one. Done that one done that. No. It's going to get, cause I'm kind of doing the ones I want to do. So I don't know about Wisconsin, but I'm going to do it. But, uh, I always wanted to do Lake Placid. I wanted to do Lake Placid and I heard somewhere, somebody said they're only going to have it two more years. So I'm like, okay, next year's the year. got to do it. Yeah. I've done Ironman Canada in Whistler. They've moved it now to Penticton, British Columbia. So that one I know I'll get to, get to someday because I'm in Canada, so that's fine. Um, but I'm probably going to do Woodlands, Texas, because I think there's two in Texas. So I'm going to do Woodlands, Texas next year. So Florida, Texas, Lake Placid. Those are my three goes at a Kona slot for next year. And if it all works out, it'll be next year will be uh, Lake Placid, Texas, Kona. Or something else. So probably three next year, but I know how I am. I'll probably find another one to slip into the schedule. <laughs> sure, like with a month of leeway into it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like uh, oh, there's um, one next month. I'll do it. Yeah, I didn't qualify for Kona, so let's do two more. Yeah, <laughs> right. just because. <laughs> Take that same budget and spread it over two races. You know, because <laughs> one day I'll be like... able to say I've done all the races. Wasn't someone trying to talk Drew into Lake Placid? Has he signed up for that? Might I want to me. say it was Sterny, <laughs> wasn't it? I'm trying to try get somebody from Dirt in every race. I've been doing so pretty well so far. Tulsa had Andy. Montremblant had Adam. Kona had Adam. Oh, I'm in Florida. There's a guy called Michael Pridemore. He's from the Rascals. He's going to be there. Uh, Lake Placid. I'm sure we'll find someone. I'm hoping to get oh, Sterny to do Placid. Yeah. See, that's what I'm thinking. It was Sterny. He was trying to rope Drew into it. Right. So I've actually done an Ironman with Sterney. It's a little known fact. I actually Top did Ironman when? New York. Ironman New York in 2012. 
we both did say, it. it had to be a while ago because Stern yeah. was doing tries many years ago many years ago yeah that's 10 years so ago before dirt it yeah. was a uh, pre-dirt yep. iron man i can say i've i didn't know him back then only we only learned this like <laughs> recently but uh i probably ran next to him for a while because our finish time was within about a minute or two of each other nice huh. yeah 13 uh, i was like 1303 he was like 1302 or something i don't know we were very close to each other that's funny isn't it yeah that was a, like a lifetime ago yeah and he's he's pretty young so he was like 20 or something back then uh, yeah yeah that sounds right Actually, yeah but it's good because it means he's never going to be in my age group because then i can I, you know how if you get into this Kona qualifying thing you always tell people you like oh you want to do a race oh you want to come race with me yeah how old are you if they're the same <laughs> age group then you tell them bad things about the race because you don't want them to do well so <laughs> like, uh, when i look at these other guys like max and sterny i'm like okay they're 35 to 39 or 30 to 34 i'm safe <laughs> don't take my slot you know i'm sure adam feels the same way about me because uh uh we did muskoka 70.3 and i finished i think yeah i finished fourth in the age group he was seventh and I got a slot for the world champs in Finland next year. So I'm going to Finland and he didn't get a slot. So he said to me, you st so he made a joke. He was like, oh, so you stole a slot from me. Cause I said, oh, you're going to go to Kona. And I, we saw, I saw him in one trombone. I said, you're going to go for Kona. He said, not if you steal my slot. So, <laughs> so in the end, you know, I, I got the automatic slot. He finished 10th in the age group and I messaged him and I'm like, where's this guy? Cause it was at the roll down. I'm like, I wonder if he's here. I spent like 30 minutes looking around. Where is Adam? Because he wear, he's always wearing a dirt shirt. He's very like, he's on brand. So I'm like, where's this dirt shirt? Couldn't see him. And I kind of, I'm like, okay, I'm going to Kona alone. So they go through the thing, call my name. I woke up and then I heard them say, because how it works is they call out the first place. You take the slot. You don't want the slot that goes to the second place and so on. It's a little rolled up. So they start going through the names. They were eight slots. They got to number eight. Two or three of the guys didn't take their slots. So they read out number nine. And I'm there and I'm like getting the credit card out. And I hear Adam Upshaw. I'm like, oh, you know, I had that feeling of like, he, he had a chance. I'm going to have to go and tell him, Adam, you had a chance to get the slot, but you didn't take it. Next time you, and then before, before that thought was finished, tap on the shoulder and here he is, you know. With his lay on, because they give you this little like lay. So that was pretty cool. I saw him and I was like, oh, that made my day. That was, that was cool. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> the term for that is getting laid, just so you know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. So when we finished the race, the people I stayed with gave me, she ended up giving me two lays. So I actually gave him one. So you can make a joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we'll let we'll let the uh, the listener slash viewer make yeah, a joke. The listeners screaming yeah, you at the earphones right now. Yeah. I'm waiting for. We'll see Keith Miller's response to it. Yeah, as he's listening to it on his All drive caps. to work. Yeah, no tethers. No tethers were involved in this one. That's good. It's good to know. I'm I'm not interested in that. Tether. I'm not a tether. <laughs> you're not a you're not a bondage guy. I get it. Not interested. No. I'll race with you, <laughs> but we're not tethering. Yeah. <laughs> too too close for comfort. <laughs> Oh boy. 
Well, Jeff, thanks for joining us, man. That's a yeah. heck of a story. I mean, yeah. I, it boggles my mind. Just, I think we take it for granted just how many people we know through all this that are just yeah. amazing athletes and have some really interesting stuff going on. So, yeah, for me, the main thing for me is like to, I guess, motivate, incentivize people to do a little more, maybe give running a try to them a little bit, maybe get into triathlon. And you know what? It's kind of like catching on. We're seeing a lot more people and do it. Hey, maybe I can try this Ironman thing out. I mean, literally in the last few months, I've seen five, 10 people just, oh, yeah. I'm going to do an Ironman. And I love seeing that stuff because I know yeah. the benefits of it, you know, and how fun it can be. People see it as hard. I don't see it as hard. Um, I know it is hard if you don't train and you're not used to it and all that kind of stuff, but it's really rewarding because if you do get to a Kona, well, I guess I can talk another hour about Kona and all the cool stuff because they do everything properly. Like I was showing you, you get this towel. Yeah. You don't get towels in any races for free. Well, you pay for everything, but you, you get all these little <laughs> things. In, you get all these little things in Kona, which are really cool. So um, if you're into this stuff, but uh, yeah, it's good to see a lot of people in dirt picking up triathlon and, uh, you know, looking at something other than cycling. Cause I mean, we all love cycling and we do a lot of cycling. That's kind of a given. But uh, if I see, if I see other folks trying to do an Ironman and, hopping on the channel and listening to all this nonsense. We talk about this stuff and you've got Tiago, the super swimmer. You've got Craig. Craig's probably our fastest active triathlete at the moment. And we've got Ben, who's like the retired guy who could kick anybody's butt if he tried. <laughs> and uh, of course the, the sneakiest of all is Sterny. That guy's fast. I don't know if you've seen how fast he does a sprint triathlon. Yes. So yeah. You know, the tethering guys, Sterny, Craig, put them together. Right. They do all right. They just win the race. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have said uh, they yeah. are well matched as a pair. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me on. It's fun talking about this stuff. And if I can maybe just get one more person to get to, like, get the ambition to go to Kona, my job's done. There you go. We'll and, have to you know, check like back said, in after a couple more races, too. Yeah. Like I said, I'm a normal person. I didn't do anything in any kind of, of this stuff in school or university or anything. I just kind of pretty much like everybody else, just, uh, I guess found the TTTs and that, that got me to a certain level of fitness really helped. So yeah, that's another day. We can talk about TTTs for hours too. Lots of stories there. Oh yeah. Tons of them for sure. Well, thanks. It was good to be on. Yeah. yeah. Thanks again. We'll uh, check in with you at some point, probably in the future. See what's going yeah. on. So, sounds good. Till till next time. See you then. Yeah. See you guys. See, ya. See you everyone.